Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. When is Deshaun Watson just going to give this up? That's what he needs to do. It's can it's I was going to say Canty and Carlin. It's Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Canty's on first take today. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. We are presented by Progressive Insurance Friends. Roger Goodell spoke out yesterday in Minneapolis at the owners' meeting to confirm the Broncos' new ownership group. Here is Goodell on why the league is pushing so hard to get the suspension of Deshaun. Watson lengthened. We've seen the evidence. She was very clear about the evidence. Uh, she reinforced the evidence uh, that there was uh, multiple violations here and they were egregious and it was predatory behavior. That's, those are things that we felt um, we always felt were really important for us to address in a way that's responsible. Egregious and predatory. The she is Sue L. Robinson who agreed with everything that the league put out there in terms of trying to prove their case. Now, when I say, when is Deshaun Watson going to let this go? He's going to get suspended for the year. We all know that's coming. There's probably a big hefty fine coming his way as well from the league, because as Peter King noted in his column yesterday, there are plenty of people around the league who are sore at the fact that Watson is only going to lose something around $340,000 because of how the Browns have structured his contract. And don't forget, Deshaun Watson got $10.5 million last year to not play football, to stay home. And the league didn't put him on the exempt list so that he wouldn't get paid. So now, here we are. Look, for Deshaun Watson, when this comes down, at what point do you just let it go? Because he has shown no remorse whatsoever. And the harder you continue to push, the harder the league is going to push back. Can you just understand one thing? And this always escapes me. Why, when you are in the public eye, the truth is not nearly as important as you want it to be. Perception is reality. And the perception of Deshaun Watson's reality is when there are 24 different cases that were brought against you in civil court, you must have done something wrong and you must have done, frankly, a lot of things wrong. So maybe, just maybe understand that even if you are going to go to your grave believing you did absolutely nothing wrong, it doesn't matter one bit. Clearly, you did some things wrong. Very clearly. Clearly, there are victims involved here. And clearly, while there may not have been enough to go after him criminally, there certainly was more than enough to go after him in a civil fashion. Deshaun Watson just needs to let it go and move forward. Take the suspension. Take the fine. And start thinking about the rest of your career because you're only 25 years old. And we don't even have to put words in his mouth. I want to read for you exactly what he said at his introductory press conference in March, which he has not backed off of. He said this, quote, I have never assaulted, disrespected, or harassed any woman in my life. You cannot get more black and white than what he publicly believes 
uh, he did or didn't do in this case. Like you said, to say that he's not shown remorse would be a massive understatement. Deshaun Watson believes he's done nothing wrong here. He views himself as the victim in all of this, and I hope that the league comes down with a heavy hand because it seems that no one else in the world, or at least no one uh, in front of a microphone, feels the same way for obvious reasons. And at this point, the league, even if they do come down with a heavy hand or uh, the the uh, age of the former New Jersey Attorney General, Peter mm. Harvey's in charge of this now. Even if he does come down with a heavier hand and it's, let's say, an $8 million fine and a one-year suspension, he's only losing three, he's only losing a million dollars in salary. He's got to pay $8 million, but he's got 229 more coming his way. Mm-hmm. 229 more guaranteed. At some point, show your remorse. Start to do the right things, even if you don't believe it, dude. You have to at least take it to the take it just inside yourself and stop trying to fight it. You can't win because you did some things that, while you may not think they're wrong, clearly are mm. very, very wrong. It's Chris Carlin in for Greedy on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus as well on your smart speaker. The other fascinating story to me that people have talked about, but it it tends to die down a little bit when we don't have resolution to the Watson story is Jimmy G. It's going to pick up when there is resolution. But Jimmy Garoppolo is at a point with the 49ers where he actually came up fourth on their depth chart that came out yesterday. But he's not really doing very much with the team right now. And they're going to have to either trade him or release him. And when you consider what the best options are for him, you could say that the Cleveland Browns are a great spot for him for this year to go out there and prove he can play in a place where there's a very good run game and there are some weapons to work with on offense. But I could further make a case that he should go and be a backup in one place in particular. If the 49ers get to the point where they need the cap space of Jimmy G to take care of the likes of Nick Bosa and such, and they just need to move on, remember, they can cut him and not owe him a penny. Not owe him one penny. So you are looking at either a sixth or seventh round pick from the Browns, which might be worth it to keep it away from other teams, but keep him away from other teams in the division. But if he actually gets released, Les Snead and the Rams should be knocking on his door. Mm. Matt Stafford, this elbow stuff is real. This elbow stuff is very real. I've talked to people out there. And while it's a concern that the Rams are trying to downplay and just saying this is getting ready for the year and we're just going to take it very slow with him, it may be a maintenance thing. It may be a situation where during the year you just have to uh, give him some load management, not in the games, but in practice during the week. You need somebody who is going to be a really, really good option for a team that is built to win right now. Tell me that going to Los Angeles with the Rams to be a backup isn't a better situation than anything else in the league. Number one, if you go there and you play, 
if Stafford's hurt, that team still very much has a chance to win. Very much has a chance to win. And not just win, win a Super Bowl. Number two, if you go there and you don't play, your abilities will get kind of romanticized hmm. around the league. Think about it for a second. You, will, you won't have played in more than a year. And what's the old saying? Absence makes the heart grow fonder. There will be people lining up to go and sign a Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback for a three- or four-year contract when they feel like they'd rather try to win in the shorter term than drafting somebody in the longer term. And Jimmy G off of a year of working with Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, boy, that would help immensely, immensely. And if you're the Rams, who would you rather have backing up? John Wolford? Jimmy Garoppolo. I I would make the case for Jimmy to make his money long-term it would be better to sign with the Rams than it would be to go someplace else like maybe even Seattle hmm. with a questionable offensive line and play. Let people remember the Jimmy G that's pretty good as opposed to showing them the Jimmy G that right now in a not the right situation may not look that great. I, I, you make a compelling point. If they do wind up needing to cut him and he does wind up being a backup. I suppose the Rams is as good a landing place as any, but I do think there's one interesting team that you did not mention, and that's the Miami Dolphins, because the Miami Dolphins... It's never going to happen. Why is that? Why could it never happen in Miami? They are not going to bring in Jimmy Garoppolo this year when there is so much heat around Tua Tungavailoa. I mean, that town is now galvanizing to defend Tua. Why? Because they want to believe in something. Look how long things have been bad in Miami. Look how long it's been since they've had a quarterback. It's been forever. They want to believe in something down there. And if you bring in Jimmy Garoppolo, I honestly believe the the Dolphin situation will be very dicey by midseason. Because you know when Tua's not playing well that Everybody is going to be screaming for Garoppolo. I think they want to ride this season out to make sure that either he is the guy or he isn't the guy. So let me get this straight. At the expense of making yourself better as a team, you'll pass on the opportunity to sign Jimmy Garoppolo because of pressure from the fan base and to make two of his feelings. When it comes to the quarterback? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you look and see how much professional athletes' feelings are now actually taken into account? How often do you hear coaches in any sport actually criticize a player of their own? How often does that happen now? It doesn't. It doesn't. We all mock Steve Nash for just being the biggest actor on the planet, flat out lying to us <laughs> about players and about how great they are and about all of it. The last, like, the, for the, I was stunned, and don't tell me you weren't either, when Sean Marks came out and said what he said about Kyrie Irving. And think about how extreme that case has to be. The guy took vacations during the season. He didn't get vaccinated. He showed up when he basically wanted to. That's how bad it had to get. And now, what's happening because of it? Kevin Durant wants to get traded. Because you hurt our feelings. That's my guy. The guy that I show all the loyalty to, but as Derek Jeter said, and I keep bringing this up, loyalty one way is stupidity. I don't think Miami would do it. You think they would to get better? 
I, I'm having trouble believing that. Carlin in for Greedy on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, my friends. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, a triple threat of protection with home, auto, and more. Visit Progressive.com. In just 20 minutes, we will take you through the top five contenders to win a World Series. But speaking of quarterbacks who are struggling, Trey Lance has not had a good preseason. Have the 49ers made an egregious mistake? Greeny, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and staff types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply reggie white who's a defensive end for the green bay packers says that the fire bombing of his church in knoxville tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him first there was one fire then there was another then there was another it wasn't just reggie's church that burnt down hundreds of churches burned in the 90s i think we have a major problem in our country and we don't want to admit and that has to do with racism was this 1996 or 1956 30 for 30 podcast and anthgate presents through the flames listen now wherever you get your podcasts Trey Lance is getting a lot of heat, and by heat, I mean attention. People are kind of all over it, and it's happened over the last week and a half. We'll tell you why. It's Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. And the reason that he is getting this attention, I would contend, is because of Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick, about a week and a half ago, was on, I believe it was NFL Live, or may have been, may have been Get Up. And he came on the air and said, as all the Trey Lance stories were coming out about him not be, looking great in the preseason, and less than 50% in his completion percentage uh, during practices, said, I'll take it a step further, he's a dark horse candidate for me to win MVP in the league this year. And that caught some attention do you know that 
Trey Lance over the last week is the most bet on candidate to win the MVP this season. In other words, he has gotten the most action in Vegas and his odds were still at something like 30 to one or 25 to one, something like that. But this past week, really since Lewis Riddick made those comments, people have started to try to buy into it. Well, he's catching a lot of attention because he's not playing well in training camp. Can we all just stop? Honestly, can we stop? The biggest issue for Trey Lance is he hasn't played enough over the last few years. We have told you chapter and verse about how he played one full season at North Dakota State in 2019. Then he played 2020 one game in the spring, I believe, so that he could get scouts to look at him to when he was finally drafted in 2021. The 49ers traded up to get him. He played sparingly at times last season. He hasn't played a lot of football. He just hasn't, and that's the biggest knock. But I'll tell you this. There is a lot of belief in his ability. There is a lot of belief in his ability. And if you're going to get wrapped up in the preseason, allow me to take you back to August of 1998 with a headline that said, Leaf bests Manning. Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning met in the preseason. And Ryan Leaf played very, very well. Peyton Manning played awful. Threw two interceptions in about a half worth of work. Ryan Leaf was 15 of 24, 172 yards, had a rushing touchdown. He looked great. In the preseason. We're going to get wrapped up in that. What was Eli Manning's record in the preseason? One in six. One in six. Career six touchdowns, nine picks in the preseason. Troy Aikman. Is this true, Bubba? Troy Aikman never won a preseason game. <laughs> I, I think that's, that's him starting. As a starter for the Cowboys? I think that's him. These numbers that I put in were notable players that played badly as rookies. Yeah, oh, as not rookies. in the preseason. Okay. Yeah, Hembo changed the equation on okay. us. Uh, not true. I, I actually have, uh, have a, pre- a job in my uh, other life, and oh. when you typed in who else looked terrible early, I assumed you meant early in their career. Yeah, you changed the equation on us. Yeah. Well, but, at any rate, the yeah, point you woke is... You at 9.30 this morning, which is the first time I heard from you, Bubba. I had already done six hours of hardcore prep for our show. All right, well, I didn't mean for this to turn into a little snip fest. I also ate two, two yeah. pieces of cake. Uh, it was three earlier. Really driving our conversation. So we're on no, to five? This was before. Yeah, we're up to five. We're up to five now? <laughs> on, on Lance, even to your point, early Peyton Manning looked terrible. We know he led the league in interceptions his first year. Even in the preseason, it was absolutely brutal. Troy Aikman was 0-11 in his, pre, in his first year. He was nine touchdowns, 18 interceptions. We know how bad Josh Allen was and how he had an accuracy problem. Don't get wrapped up in what's going on with Trey Lance in the preseason. The guy has an awful lot of ability. The 49ers traded a lot to get him. But just remember that he is a guy that if ever there was a project as a quarterback in the league, he exemplifies that. The one argument that you could make is maybe, just maybe, The 49ers made the decision a little too quick Mm. to hand him the reins, 
but we don't know the answer to that yet. When you are a team that is built to win now, and you're going to turn it over to him, you better be very confident in his ability. 389. 389 is the number of total passes that Trey Lance has attempted in his college and pro career combined. Combined. Yeah. If, he, if he plays a full season this year, he will pass that number like halfway through it. For context, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, who's obviously like the best case scenario for Trey Lance, another project type, threw 1,349 passes in college. A much more experienced player. So look, Lewis Riddick nailed the Patrick Mahomes prediction, obviously, and he might uh, nail the Trey Lance one. But if Trey Lance winds up being that kind of good, his development curve will have to be much, much faster than Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes also awful in the preseason early one person i remember a couple of years ago when he was in the preseason and i believe it was the year that he was the first uh, the full-time starter not just uh, when he was drafted the following year said quote he looked overmatched patrick mahomes relax on trey lance Chris Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. We've got a lot to get to, including a ridiculous, ridiculous trend that continues in society <laughs> that I have just, I've, I've, I can't do it anymore. I've had enough, and you people need to stop. We get to Hembo, who weighs about 110 pounds and has had seven pieces of cake today, apparently, <laughs> and, and, and the guilt that he has behind that. But up next... Your top five World Series contenders. Number one, not necessarily who you think. Hmm. Carlin Infogrini, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Greeny, the podcast. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun, now streaming on Hulu. Carlin Infragrini on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance on your smart speaker as well on Sirius XM Channel 80. Certain people, well, they just make life easier. For instance, your best friend who always brings you dinner when you're stuck working late. It's like if you need to grow your business. ZipRecruiter makes hiring easier because they do the work for you. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job, and you can invite your top choices to apply. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of January 1st, 2022. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. Which, by the way, coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. A moment ago, we were talking about the fact that there is a new sandwich that is being sold at Royal Stadium And we have these kind of discussions, it feels like, every two to three months because somebody always comes out with something new and utterly ridiculous. This sandwich is a pulled pork sandwich with bacon, with sweet baby Ray's sauce. All good, right? Sounds great. Sounds amazing. And Reese's peanut butter cups. Why are we doing this? This is a consistent theme (laughs) that angers me. Why 
is enough, never enough for you people. And that's how I'm phrasing it. You, you know who you are. You're all responsible. You are the ones who are buying the gravy flavored chips or the cucumber flavored chips or this stupid sandwich. You are the ones that are trying to make fetch a thing in mean girls terms. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Just stop. Hembo, I'm going to give you the floor, and I don't know how long Dangerous. you're going to have it. Look, uh, first of all, the fact that I, I take up less surface area than, than you shouldn't and disqualify we, uh, my opinion. Yeah, four of you take up less surface area than me. Even so, we are a people of excess, and I have no issue, none, with a professional baseball team in this case conceiving of the perfect sandwich. This, this is something, the only regret here is, is, is that I didn't think of it myself. I also think when I make this for myself this weekend, which I will most definitely do, I'm going to put cheese on it. Like, it definitely needs a couple slices of cheese. There aren't enough ingredients for my liking, but this is the best combination of food imaginable. You, you like all this stuff individually, so, like, this is a simple... But that doesn't mean you're going to like them all together. It, in this case, I think and, it most definitely will, though. Wait, you're, you're hypothesizing. I'm telling you no. I'm imagining what this tastes like in my mouth right now, and I'm, and I'm loving it. Like, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm going to make... I'm not going to... Like, this is not like See, a situation. I also think... And, Bubba, you can tell me if I'm wrong mm. here. I also think that Hembo is all talk, and, like, he's going to sit here on Wednesday and say, I'll make it this weekend. You watch and see. But you, you're not actually going to make I this. I have a smoker at home. I, I made uh, pulled pork for my family, my family of eight that visited last week. You right. remember? I, uh, have they left yet? By the way, <laughs> yes, they, they have. Uh, merc- mercifully, the house is almost has almost returned to its normal state. Uh, yeah. <laughs> once we considered moving again, yeah, it's uh, not like I, you're having kids or anything. I, I, yes, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I got three more weeks left to sleep in my entire life. Right. This is a sandwich that I will make. This is not a situation where, like, oh, if I'm at the ballpark, I'll try it. No, no, no. This will become part of our weekly repertoire, potentially. I hope Sounds my wife is Sounds like a perfect thing for you this weekend. Invite Keith Costas over and we can get some things cooking. Keith actually is coming over on Sunday, Bubba. He's coming over oh, at Sunday at 1. Perfect. I was planning on doing ribs. Go. I bought some ribs at Costco, uh, but maybe I'll do pulled pork and, and Reese's instead. The meats at Costco, very, very good. Very underrated very and underrated. reasonably inexpensive. Yes, very, very good. Those shopping carts are massive. Like, it can become very competitive midway through the afternoon i'll I'll tell you what when i i used to i my wife and i are the only two in the house so we don't go there a ton because yes i comically do eat a lot but i don't eat enough where it's going to (laughs) justify having a 50 found uh, 55 gallon drum of individual bags of lays chips it's just it doesn't make sense for us but when i have gone before it has been going for my mother, who, by the way, lives alone, but somehow we still need 80 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> if, if the world ends and you need it, head to my mother's place. But I, I have gone there in the mornings when it's supposed to be quieter. And I'll tell you what, there is a group of people, a lot of older folks who go in there, maybe some of them go to get the... Uh, to get the walking in, mm. that kind of thing, like like some older folks do in malls when the weather's not great. But these are wide aisles. The people who go right down the middle, oh. Oh. You're, you're in that special category mm. that just, you need to go away. Mm. You need to go away. Mm. No, when you're in Costco, it needs to be like supermarket sweep style speed. That's how I go. I mean, I am, I'm, you're, do- you can't you're, do that you're dodging obstacles. You're dodging yeah. obstacles. You're, you're doing what, you're cutting people off. I mean, it's a competitive environment in there. My real issue here is that we are just trying too hard as a society 
We really are. I was at City Field a few weeks ago. They had what was called, Bubba, a pizza cupcake. Have you had that? I have not. I have not had nor seen that. Uh, Does that sound appetizing to you? Or does that sound, what are you doing? Uh, that one I'm confused at. No, I was at opening day this year, and I don't even understand what that is. Pizza oh, cup, what, so, what, so what's it, that it, one about? It's apparently uh, like dough and cheese shaped like a cupcake, and then you dip it in the sauce, but it's not an actual cupcake. Like We're trying too so hard. Good. So what is appropriate baseball fare for you? Like, What few items am I allowed to order no, at no, the no, stadium? No, 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 no. You're allowed to order anything you want at the stadium. Just don't expect me to respect you based upon <laughs> that order. Well, that ship has been yes. freaking sailed, yes. man. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I'm wrong. Listen, I'm a simple guy. Best hot dog there is at a ballpark by far, and it's not close in my mind, Dodger dogs. I've had Dodger dogs at, at Dodger Stadium. They're incredible. They live up to the hype. You are so fun. You are just so fun. Why? You're just so fun. The garlic fries at uh, Oracle Park, amazing. Wow. You and I've only been there once. So adventurous. And it was 16 years ago, and it was great. <laughs> I remember. And you still talk about it to this I day. remember it like it was yesterday. You're a simple man. No, I am a simple man, like Jacob deGrom. <laughs> Bubba's still there watching the, the video from uh, oh. him warming up the other day, the mm. music. Anyway, it's Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We've gone completely off track here. And <laughs> speaking of baseball, as we start to get toward September, you really want to look at these teams and start to evaluate a few weeks removed from the trade deadline and what the real true contenders are to win the World Series. And in baseball this year... The list is not long, but we do have the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. So we do have the green list of the top five World Series contenders in this order. In this order. The teams may not surprise you. The order, I think, will annoy you. Number five. Number five is the Yankees on this list. Did I stutter? Number five is the Yankees on this list. Look, the Yankees can hit, but they can't hit good pitching. We have gone through that earlier. Hembo gave you the stat. The Yankees against the top 10 pitching staffs in baseball this year are hitting 189. Sound familiar? Yankees rely on the home run a lot. They have 188 home runs this year, 20 more than any other team, and a plus 77 home run differential. Their pitching has just simply not been nearly as good since the All-Star break. Chris had the stat yesterday. Third before the All-Star break in baseball, now 23rd since after last night when Garrett Cole was great. Seven shutout innings. Oh, by the way, they still lost. one nothing to good pitching. Luis Castillo again. The Yankees are fifth mm. on this list. They're still very good, but that bullpen too. Clay Holmes, that's a problem. And if you have to turn back to your old friend or old as Chapman eventually in that closer role, buckle up, my friends. I don't think that's going to happen, though. Number four. Number four is the Atlanta Braves, the defending world champions. Listen, the Braves can strike people out. Charlie Morton, Strider, Max Freed, right? Very, very good group. Hembo, though, there is something that is holding me back 
on the Atlanta Braves. Mm. And I think what it is, is just that while they went all out and did what they did last year, you know, all those moves they did at the deadline. I look at the Braves this year. I had a, I had a feeling last year that they had a chance. I don't sense it. Hmm. They don't, they don't seem to have, I don't know what it is. I, I hate to quantify it like this because it's such a, a cop out in so many ways. They don't feel like they have a, a magical feeling to them like they did last year. Well, we just saw them get decimated against the Mets in that long weekend series. Yeah. So we saw them clearly be. And know, they were thoroughly outplayed by a, just an objectively better team. They, yep. do, they do have a, a really good and deep starting rotation. They also might have the best player in the National League right now in Austin Riley. I'm with you though, that between, between, when you look at the Braves in relation to their potential opponents in the NLCS, I'm not sure I feel nearly as good about them as they did last year. Even though they might be better, I think the competition has gotten better. I agree. And I just feel like the Braves right now in that division really took a big blow this weekend. Mm. And, and to fall six and a half back like they did and losing four out of five, that to me sealed the division for the New York Mets. Number three. I'm going to get the Dodgers at number three. Look, they always go and do what they have to do, right? They are just objectively beating the daylights out of people. Their run differential this season, plus 223. Plus 223. That is more than two runs a game. They are outscoring their opponents. And as Hembo notes for me here, the last team to do that over a full season was the 1939 New York Yankees. That is, what, 87 years ago or 83 years ago, whatever. I don't know. I can't do math. The point is, it's a long freaking time ago. It doesn't happen very often. But I have concerns about the Dodgers. We talked about this uh, a while ago, later in games. Mm. Are they going to be able to win these games late in games? Because if there's been an Achilles heel, that's been it. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball in innings one through eight. They're one of the worst teams in baseball in the ninth inning. And when you're talking about razor-thin margins in a really stacked top of the National League field, that could be all the difference in the world. I just am imagining a scenario right now in which you're looking at Craig Kimbrell slowly walk off the field after he blows another save in October. All right. 83 years ago, confirmed. 83 years ago. (laughs) Thanks, research. Thanks, Mr. Math. (laughs) I, I, I can't subtract. Is that right? That's right. 1939. Uh, yeah, okay. 83. Yeah, I just confirmed it. I don't know what, what's happening here. Well, I mean, would you confirm, would you, you, would you feel comfortable something that, if you were me, that you had confirmed? <laughs> Honestly. Of course. You know, I, I don't think I'm wrong. I don't Number think I'm two. wrong. Number two, Houston Astros. I mean, we always think about the Astros with having great players. Look at what the Astros have done pitching this year. I mean, it, it Urquidy, Verlander, Valdez, what they have done has been nothing short of just beyond impressive. And by the way, their bullpen is lights out. A 2.64 ERA as a bullpen this season and an incredibly deep rotation. The Astros continue to amaze. And I'll tell you what, if it is cheating... I, at some point, I got to tip my hat to them because they do it on such a remarkably elite level. <laughs> they really do. 
And they, and they also now have an, a, man, a manager that would be totally oblivious to it. Yes. If it's going on, Dusty probably doesn't know about it. But uh, that's the one thing. Like, as much as that, and, and Dusty would be ticked off if it is going on. But the one thing I would say for Dusty, like, he's the reason I could root for the Astros. Hmm. He's the only reason. But he's the reason I can root for Do you still hate them as much as you used to with Carlos Correa off the team? Does it still sting the same way? Does it still feel the I same? I don't hate the Astros because I'm not a Yankee fan. The Yankee fans still hate the Astros You're a baseball more fan. than anybody. Uh, yeah, they still bother me. Okay. Yeah, they still bother me. Absolutely. Lunau's gone and hasn't really been heard from very much. No. That makes me happy. A.J. Hinch is in Detroit? Yep. A.J. Hinch, it doesn't bother me. Again, I do think there were parts of it that bugged the heck out of A.J. Hinch. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think there's a part of that, too. By the way, and I'll get to this in a second. How about last night with um, the Pirates game with the cell phone flying out of the pocket of the base runner? We'll get to that in a second right after. Number one. The New York Mets, I can't believe I'm here. I Listen, it, when you hear this music, it is getting like it was back in the day for Rivera. I'm not saying he's Mariano Rivera. Everybody relax. For Trevor oh, like Hoffman. Billy, Billy Wagner's music, yeah. Yeah, Billy Wagner's music, right. Uh, when Billy Wagner played Enter Sandman first before Mariano Rivera, eh, he got overshadowed. Sorry. You hear these trumpets, Trevor Hoffman, Hell's Bells in 98, same kind of thing. And I can't believe it. Edwin Diaz has become this lockdown guy that he was in Seattle, but had even admitted in New York a couple of years ago, maybe I don't, maybe I'm not a New York guy when he first got here. This guy has reclaimed his dominance and looks amazing, and it's just filthy to watch. And then, it just took four years for him to get there. That's fine. Uh, you're going to be bitter about it now, Met Boy? You're I'm gonna, not bitter. I'm just, it's just saying. We should have come a little quicker. Well, I'll take it. But here's ultimately the difference, though. The two guys at the top of the rotation. Mm. If they're healthy, Scherzer, DeGrom, you're not beating them. You're not beating them in a series. And then Bassett's your third starter. Bassett's tremendous. You are not beating the Mets if DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy and... Look, I get it. DeGrom could go down, it feels like, at any minute with what his history has been and what we've seen over the last year. Watch those guys over the weekend against the Braves. You talk about not being able to hit good pitching. Wow. Just wow. I mean, how many managers have ever been able to dial up DeGrom, Scherzer, and Edwin Diaz right now is as good a pitcher as we've seen. The Mets are 71-4 and four this season when leading in the eighth inning or later. They close uh, games out as well as any team in the sport. They are just phenomenal to watch too and by the way Lindor is hitting and Lindor is living up to what he's supposed to be doing and Alonzo has been amazing this season he's got to lead big leagues in RBIs thanks for listening to Greeny the podcast you can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN radio and see it with the video on ESPN plus also catch Greeny on get up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast